Hey, welcome back to The Uncensored Woman. I am your host, Heather Christine. I hope all of you beautiful, amazing people out there are having such an amazing weekend, such an amazing Saturday. Welcome back to today, chapter two of the Numbing Out My Pain, My Addiction series. Today, we are going to rewind a little bit from what I was talking about in chapter one. If you have not heard that episode, feel free to go back and listen, or you can listen to this episode and then go back to that episode to listen. It is really up to you because all of this is going to be scattered around anyways, dependent on how I want to tell my story. It is emotionally taxing for me because this is actually my real life. I am actually in recovery and it's not as easy every day as some people think and it's not very easy at times to talk about. But before we hop into today's episode, please download The Uncensored Woman on whatever platform you are listening to me on. And if you have iTunes, please give The Uncensored Woman a review. Y'all know I always appreciate that as well as I appreciate my day ones, my loyal listeners, and my new listeners y'all make the show what it is and without you guys the uncensored woman would not be here so appreciate y'all so so much but yeah guys uh without further ado we're gonna go ahead and get started what if your whole life god was prepping you for the unimaginable the unthinkable the unfathomable, the thing that you swore up and down, you would never be the most. The thing that you knew was the most scrutinized. The thing that you were so educated on throughout school by your peers, by authority figures, your family, what if God himself is preparing for you to go through one of the roughest things a person could go through? If you knew that, would you lose your faith? Would you still believe in God? Would you want to move forward with your life? Because I think a very strong point that I've always wanted to make in these episodes is I don't necessarily believe that God picks us to be addicts. That comes straight from the devil. So that's not what I'm saying. But I do think that God builds you up to give you resilience because he already knows our paths before we know them. So some things that you were put through in the past that doesn't make sense, but it built you up to be a stronger person. Maybe it happened and God allowed you to get through it because he knew you were going to go through something much bigger 
and more hard. And he knew the devil was going to tempt you and the devil was going to win. You know, I'm not exactly sure what really goes on with any of that. None of us are. I don't think that God hands us bad things. And I'm not the biggest Christian in the world. You know, I don't sit in church every Sunday. I don't read my Bible every day. I don't pray every day like I should, but I still have a strong faith in God and I have a strong faith in purpose and God leading you in the end to where you're supposed to end up as long as you start listening to his voice. Because through all these trials and tribulations, he is speaking with you. He is with you. And he is trying to guide you, to comfort you, to heal you, and to make you the victor instead of the victim. And that's the mentality that we have to shape ourselves into. Because if we don't, we will always play the victim card even within our recoveries. And we cannot do that. Because 99% of things that happen in our life are our own faults when it comes to like decisions that we make and stuff like that. I'm not talking about like traumatic things that have happened to you that you didn't ask for. I'm just talking about As you get older, you know, a lot of people like to say, well, my past was bad, so I went through this. Well, my mental illness was bad, so I had to do this. I've just been broken down so much. I mean, anybody would end up in my shoes if they had been through what I've been through. No, don't claim that over your life. Claim victory. Claim perseverance. Claim strength my friends because that is what will get you the furthest and that is what will attract the light and that is what will shape you into the best possible person that you can be and I started off this episode like that because I wanted you all to really think about your own childhoods And your own traumas, your own scars, your own hard roads. Because if you think about it, hard lessons shape us more than anything else in this world. And some of us have to bump our heads a little bit more than others to realize what's right and what's wrong. And I am one of those people. Growing up, I did face a lot of trauma. I was molested. I was verbally and physically abused. I never felt good enough. And I seen things around me that I shouldn't have seen. But yet, there are so many more people that had it worse off than me that have made it better off than what I am now. And I use that within my addiction to say, you know what, I've been through tough shit and now I'm a single mother raising four kids on my own. God, I didn't deserve this. Why did you do this to me? 
I don't have the strength for this. God, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Nobody loves me. I'm not good enough. I don't want to feel this pain anymore. God, my depression is killing me. God, my anxiety is killing me. God, I've begged you to take it away from me. I've begged you to take these scars away from me. I've begged you to take these memories away from me. And you haven't. But baby, he hasn't. Because you need those to continue to evolve into the type of person that you need to be. God is not just there to pick at you. And those things just aren't there to pick at you. They can make you the best version of yourself if you let them. But for a long time, I didn't. And I just went in and out of one toxic relationship uh, to another. From one toxic friendship to another. I was toxic to myself. And trust me, I went through many addictions that a lot of people find normal before I got to the one addiction that is very stigmatized, which is my addiction to opiates, pain pills. You see, I've always been a stress eater. Food has always been a major addiction for me, especially sugary things. And I am currently still working on that. But, you know, then I've had a shopping addiction. I had a sex addiction. I had an addiction to other people. I did everything in the beginning of my adult life with such... I did it in such a rush because I just wanted things to fill the void. So I had a baby. Well, I got engaged. I had a baby. I got married. I had another baby. Then I wasn't happy with anything. So I got a divorce. I got into two more relationships and I had twins. And then, you know, after my four kids are here, I'm like, God, I am only 23, almost 24. I have to have my tubes tied. And then that person that I was with that I had twins with, he ended up leaving me behind. And then I could, you know, nobody, this is the way I felt for so long. Nobody wants to be with me because I have four kids. And my ex told me I was never going to be good enough because I have four kids and because, you know, this is my life and they don't want to come into that type of stress. I'm not good enough. And I can't do anything else to take up my time because my kids take up all my time. And let me finish my point before you all harp too hard on me. But my kids take up all my time and I can't go and have another kid because my tubes are tied and I don't need another kid. I can't afford another kid. I can't even afford the life I have now. And now every day I'm pouring my cup to these four beautiful children every single day, to my children, to my job, to school when I was in it, to friends. And I could never fill the cup up back for myself. I was so empty as a person, you guys. And then beyond that, everything that we just talked about, all that past trauma and stuff that I let or that I allowed to sink into my brain and I played the victim because of it. All of that was still there. I hadn't fixed it. I hadn't faced it head on. And I didn't care to. It was too painful to think about. And 
the pain was just becoming overwhelming. And then I got addicted to exercising because I thought, oh, if I if I lose all my weight from having the twins, then I'll feel so much better about myself. And I lost all that weight. And I still just wasn't happy. And the reason I wasn't happy is because I wasn't healing myself. But that is when the enemy attacked me the most because I was I was feeling really empty. And at this at point in time, I started having health issues, which I've talked about in my first uh, episode about addiction, season one, episode two, I believe. And so I was prescribed narcotics for legitimate reasons. And I started noticing that they were helping with my anxiety. But then I remembered back to my past relationship. And one night I was having severe cramps. And so me and my ex rode to a friend's house because she gave me a pain pill. And I remember once it set in, me and my ex were laughing and he was already getting messed up at this point. And I remember he looked at me and he said, God damn, you're such a fun, a, a fun person when you take pain pills. Like you're so much better to be around when you take them. You're like the person that I got with before we had the, the boys. I miss this person. And at the time that he said it, it hurt my feelings. I was like, well, I'm not taking this shit every day to appease you. Like you're putting me through bullshit. That's why I'm not happy. And I just had two babies. I'm tired. I can't help it. My hormones are out of whack. And not only that, I was dealing with shit. Like I said, I hadn't healed from. But guess what? It's those type of things that stick with us. And I held on to what he said to me. You know, later on into the future, he ended up apologizing for it. And actually, he didn't even remember saying it because he was messed up at the time. I just was uh, oblivious to drugs at that time. So I had no clue that he was on anything. I just thought that something was really wrong with him. In fact, at the time, I thought it was just alcohol. And, but those things, they scar you and they stay deep within you. And so, you know, fast forward to the time I was talking about when I lost all this weight and I thought I would feel better, but I still hadn't healed everything else that I got prescribed these narcotics. And I started seeing that they were helping me with anxiety. His voice would constantly repeat in my head, we are better with these anyways. And so I started abusing them. But my main focus this episode is really what this series is all about. Numbing out the pain and nodding out. A lot of people get addicted to the fill of opiates because they do like to nod out. And... For people without that problem, that's so confusing. Like, why would you want to nod out? Why would you not want to be able to keep your eyes open? That makes zero sense. Now, during the day, they gave me energy and I loved that. But if I took one extra at night, I would nod out. And the reason that I loved the nodding out so much, and I can only speak for myself, the reason I loved it so much at night is because I've always been a high strung person. I've never been able to settle down. I have never been able to sleep correctly because I've always had insomnia and restless legs and depression and 
anxiety. I've been anxious and, you know, thoughts that keep me up at night. I suffer, you know, with sleep paralysis and lately actually night terrors. And I've just never been able to sleep easily. And I've always been plagued. The minute I lay my head down on the pillow, my my brain just, and I don't know if any one of you had this problem, but my brain, it won't stop. It won't shut off. I'm starting to think about everything. And I'm so hard and critical on myself. You know, I'll think about something that I said that was dumb three years ago that I wish I could take back, take back in my mind. will stay on that subject forever. And it'll repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. And it drives me crazy. So when I was finally able just to not be able to keep my eyes open and just be able to knock out... Oh, I loved that feeling. I loved feeling tired. I've never been that way. And I loved it. I loved being able to rest like most people said that they could rest. I loved that I didn't think. That I just felt like I had this warm blanket over me. And that I was safe. And I was exhausted. I didn't have to overthink anything. I didn't have to lay in bed and look at the ceiling. I didn't have to worry about restless legs. I didn't have to worry about anything but falling asleep. And that became a huge issue. And then when I woke up in the morning, I would take one for energy. And I would start to think, okay, you know, like this is getting me going during the day because just like anybody else, when I first started taking this stuff, it did not drag my life down. In fact, I thought it made me better at first. And I would get up and I'd be happy and I played with, you know, I'd play with my kids and then I'd drop them off at daycare or school and I'd go to work and I felt like it made me better at my job because at the time I worked in property management and I was a leasing agent and I thought it helped me better socialize and I thought it helped me with my sales and you know make it more commission and I had just made myself think that this was the end-all be-all and that I could never possibly live without this little bitty pill and I did not see anything wrong with it at first and I loved it I loved that I didn't feel like I had depression or anxiety anymore and wait till further along within these episodes because you will see the downfall and you will see how the mental illnesses they come back but they come back 10 times stronger they come back 10 times worse because you're not on the road to recovery from your mental health oh no you were on the road to be in a head-on collision with the semi and I am being so very honest about that if you're out there and you're listening and you're just starting this stop while you're ahead please because I promise it's not the answer to your problems but at the time yeah I just thought that it was helping me with everything in my life and I thought you know I didn't feel as crazy anymore and I was more productive and I was sleeping better and then I signed on for school and I was making a 4.0 in school and I just thought it did all and I felt more creative I tell people that all the time and they laugh 
But I swear to God, number one, if you've ever taken pain pills and halfway enjoyed them, they make you very talkative. And I would talk a lot, but not only that, I've always been a writer. I like writing, even in journals. I still keep a journal to this day. I really like expressing my thoughts through paper, and I felt like the pain pills made me more creative with my wording and made me come up with more creative writing. And in a way, I still don't diminish that because I think it opened up something in my brain that I didn't even know existed because since I've stopped, it's never came back and I can't figure out why. And that's also something in recovery I had to learn to let go of because I missed it. Because at the end of the day, it just opened something up because it was a substance, but it didn't make me a better person. But I did for a long time linger on the fact that I thought it made me more creative. And so, you know, one became two, two became three, three became four, and so on and so forth. And I just went down this road and, you know... I would look forward to it in the very beginning. Oh my gosh, I would so look forward to it. I would give myself certain times when I could take it. And, you know, that's when I could still control it. And I didn't know that I had a problem. I mean, I knew I was gaining a problem. I just didn't want to admit to it. But it wasn't, I wasn't sick yet. I wasn't getting sick when I didn't have anything. When I had something, it was fun. And I loved it. And I would time it out. And I would you know, um, it was like a nightcap, a drink for somebody on a Friday after work or anything like that. That's what I would do. I would treat myself on a night after work or on the weekends. And I just really didn't see anything wrong with it. And I was in love with it. I loved the way that it made me feel. I loved the way that it took me out of reality. It gave me an escape it comforted me. It was there for me when no one else was there for me. Oh, baby, it always showed up too. Just like the demon that it was. And so when I talk about at the beginning of this episode, you know, what if God allowed you to go through some of these things to make you stronger for things that he foresees in your future because he knows all of our past left or right. I really think that I went through so many things because this was going to be the biggest battle of my life and because I needed all the strength in the world to get past this. This wasn't something little for me. And even though I never moved on to like bigger stuff like heroin or anything like that I do not diminish my problem because it was really bad and anybody around me can attest to that it was so bad you guys and I loved it and it's 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 crazy because some of my most liked pictures on social media from back in the day or when I was super high and I would get energy and I would do my hair and makeup and I would feel real cute. And the pictures were good, but I was fucked up. I was out of my mind when I was doing this stuff. 
I would literally sit my pills next to me on my nightstand and set my alarm for like, like if I had to be up at six for work and I went to sleep at like 10, I'd set my alarm for two so I could wake up, take something and nod out again. It really was the love of nodding out. It really was for the love of escaping reality, escaping my mental illnesses, escaping my trauma. I was so weak minded at that point. I was so weak, man. And I hate to even think like, think about that and think about how it was knowing also that I was raising four beautiful kids at the same time. Why would I even put myself in that situation? But the thing is, anybody and you can sit here and say, oh, no, not me. But you're lying to yourself because anybody can become an addict. It can happen to anybody. I used to be the person that hated pain pills. I wouldn't take them unless I absolutely needed them. And like if I got a prescription of them, I might take two or three before they started giving me anxiety and I'd get rid of the rest. I hated them. And somehow later on in my life, it just hit at the right time when I was going through a lot and it sucked me in and I couldn't get out of it. You guys, I felt like I was drowning and nobody could see me. So therefore, nobody could save me. And once you're sucked in, it doesn't matter that the people around you are crying and begging you to stop. It doesn't matter that you want to kill yourself every day. It doesn't matter that you look at your kids and you want to be better for them. That drug doesn't care. It only cares about sucking the soul out of you, sucking the life out of you, and taking over you, your home, your family, your friends, your job, everything that you've ever loved in your life will come after that little pill. And that, I promise you, because I have been down the road and hit my head hard because of it. And I fooled a lot of people in the process. Man, I used to sit up on Facebook acting holier than thou, typing out these statuses to deflect from my own self and get complimented left and right, knowing how fucked up I was. And I feel bad for that now. I really do. And, you know, I was having this conversation with my mom. Like I said, sometimes it really does get to me and it does. I really have to work on this in therapy that I feel like people liked me more when I was on drugs. But that's because they didn't know. And I was making myself out to be somebody I wasn't. And now people know. And so now some people just don't like me because of the fact that I had a problem. And I have to accept that. And that's okay. That's okay. And that's why I now openly tell my story. So, you know, people can hate if they want. But if I can help at least one person, which was the whole goal of the uncensored woman anyways, I would be fulfilled. And so anyways... This whole thing started 
and I was doing good. I was having the time of my life. I just really didn't know what God was preparing me for, that I really was about to be out for the fight of my life, that I really was about to lose almost everything that I had. This was the fun part of the addiction. This was the beginning of it before you're sick, before your your thoughts are obsessive, before your life gets sucked out of you. Because, like, that's what it does. It, it, it knocks on your door like it's your friend at first. And it'll make you feel things you've never felt. The euphoria is crazy. And then it'll suck everything away from you in an instance. In the snap of a finger. And you will not know what happened to yourself. And you will want that self back and every single time I think about the beginning of my addiction and I didn't even know it was the beginning of my addiction it makes me so sick because I wish I could have just put it down and really I knew that you know I shouldn't have been taking things the way that I was taking them but I really didn't think I'd end up a person stuck on pain pills I really didn't think I'd end up somebody that was sick over drugs. That was never me. So I was really never worried about it. I mean, I'm just, I'm being 100% honest with you all. At this point in time, I thought everything was on the come up for me. I thought I was doing better than I had ever been. I looked better than I had ever looked. And I thought I was heading for nothing but greatness. And in reality, I was going completely backwards and I was going to have to do a complete turnaround to even get half of what I had at that point back. Because it's not easy once you lost it all. I mean, you don't, most people don't fall into an addiction overnight and sometimes it takes time like it did with me. And when you get into recovery, it takes time to get everything that you've lost back. And you have to remind yourself of that. But I was just fully signed on to this little pill. It was my best friend at the beginning. And I didn't see the problem at the time. It was fun, but it was the most dangerous thing I've ever did to myself, and it was only a bit of setup for what God was preparing me for, for what the devil was about to do to me and take from me. And with that, that's going to wrap up today. I just kind of wanted to explain the feelings in the beginning of my addiction and how you really get sucked in and the mentality behind it wrapped up with like my past trauma and my mental health because all of that plays a role into it. 
So hopefully the people that have never been through it can kind of understand. And even if you don't at the end of the day, maybe something's a little bit more clarified. Because this is really the way things happen to people. And when I thought about doing this series, I knew that I was going to share raw, intimate, never before told details about my addiction. And I was finally okay with opening up with that like I did last episode. And I'm going to get more in depth with all of that as we go through these different chapters. But I did want to just let you all in on how it started. But that's going to wrap up today's episode, you guys. I hope you all enjoyed, and I hope you all got something from it. And I promise these next episodes, they're going to be deep. All of them have a trigger warning. So if you, if you don't feel like you can listen any further, I fully understand. I would never want to do anything that would upset anybody or hurt anybody within their addiction or recovery. I mean, but... I think that I have a story to tell and I'm finally ready to tell every single bit of it. But until next week, you guys, y'all have just listened to The Uncensored Woman. I am your host, Heather Christine. And don't forget, I release a new episode every single Saturday. Until next week, peace, love, and happiness. Bye, guys.